God and Father, we accept your commission as saints, meaning that you live in us. Thus, we represent you to those around us. So today, as we think about how some of the mechanics even of how to organize ourselves for more efficient service, bless our time together, give us efficiency, wisdom, uh, thoughts after you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Here we go. Let's see if this thing will work for us. The It Is Written Bible School. Now, you could take It Is Written out or you can leave It Is Written in. It doesn't really matter. But how would you do a local church Bible school? That's really the idea here. Um, You've seen the It Is Written Bible lessons. I guess I left them behind. I had them here yesterday. They're over at the booth as well. Um, You understand that the It Is Written Bible lessons are not necessarily designed for correspondence. Why is that? Anybody know? Some of, you've, some of you have used them. They're designed for face-to-face or, or, you know, sharing, however. But why is that? Oh, there is one here I can show you. Anybody use them enough to know? How many? They ask questions. You should be able to answer them using the Bible verse. They're like Reader's Digest. What's here in the back? The answers are right here. So they don't have to be mailed in for, for, to be corrected or anything like that. So they're not really designed. It is written, and that, I work for It Is Written, as you know, uh, so I can only speak for It Is Written specifically, but It Is Written, when they designed these, they said, we will not have a correspondence school. It's very expensive. It's a lot of work. Let me tell you, a lot of work. And so... They designed these so that they would not have to be handled in a correspondence method. When I was pastoring at St. John's in Williamston, some of those members are here, um, we looked into the Discover Bible School. And I'm only making a comparison here. There's no criticism, you understand. The Discover Bible School. I don't know, maybe they've changed it even. But at that time, basically you needed about a half-time person just to manage the materials and the stuff that you needed to operate the school. Because for every less, every two lessons or three at the time, there was like an answer sheet that had to go separate. There was a special envelope, a special appeal card, and you had to stock all of this stuff so that you would have it when you needed it. And so we opted against going that way. With this, I'm here to tell you It's simple and inexpensive. So what we're talking about really today should be titled probably Evangelism on the Cheap. We all like things on the cheap, right? Efficient. Efficient. Well, cheap is pretty good, really. Most of us like cheap. Um, So that's what this is about. What do you need to do, and it is written Bible school. I'm going to tell you, and then I'll tell you again, okay? What do you need to do, and it is written Bible school? Lessons, and then people. Well, of course, but I'm sure you have that. So you don't have to order that special, right? Now, you may have to order a few for your interests. That's another question or discussion. But you need lessons, and you need people to follow up, and then there's one more thing you need. Well, you need the Holy Spirit and prayer. That's certainly the foundation 
Students, right. People to take the lessons. And we're going to talk about all of that as we go along. It is written Bible school. It's all based on relationships, right? We know, generally speaking, people do not join the church just because we're right. We are right. I want to be clear on that. I believe we're right. But that's not motivation enough. People join the church because they like you. They like somebody in the church. It's relationships. They come because they're, they, they feel like we're right, but we also are friendly. We're also supportive of them. We're also people like them. We're people who can help them, encourage them. So it's about relationships. People need to connect with people in the church. So how do you start an It Is Written Bible School? Yesterday we talked about evangelism teams, right? Where you join together in a little group and you pray for God to lead you. So you need a little group. Pretty hard to do alone because if you do a mailing or anything, you're probably going to get more interest than one person can handle. So you need a little team, a little group. Doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be a formal group in the church. Doesn't have to be elected by the church board or any of that. But a group of you in a, in a region or a church that are wanting to do something for God. You need to decide on a territory. What are you going to reach? We're going to talk a little more about that in a moment. You need the It Is Written Bible Study Guides? Of course you should speak to your church leadership, your pastor, head elder. Uh, some don't have pastors, so talk to the head elder. Um, and then, of course, you need the students. So we're going to look at each of these briefly. And all of that will bring success. <clears throat> Review and Herald, February 22, 1882. The great mass of mankind... Great mass of mankind are engrossed in the things of this life. Do you agree? Amassing wealth, whatever. Engrossed in the things of this life and divine truth can find no abiding place in their hearts. And yet, all the blessings, benefits, blessings, all the blessings which the world can give fail to satisfy the wants of the soul. Is it true? So they're amassing everything they can, trying to rely on this. They're insured up to here and beyond in case anything should happen. And yet, all of those things they fail to satisfy the wants of the soul. There comes our work, right? There is a nameless longing for something which they have not, a peace and rest that is not born of earth. God is at work in their hearts. God is trying to move them. So, the it is written Bible school. So you have the lessons, you have the territory, you have your little group. I need to tell you about what you see there. This is called the mega card. Would you call it mega? It is written was planning for the meetings in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And so they ask... Uh, I could tell you his name, but I'll leave that aside. To create a mailer that would offer the Bible study guides. And the way the story is told, I don't reside at the office, so I don't hear all the details, but the way the story is told, this was printed before they realized 
how absolutely oversized it is. Would you say? I mean, here's what it should be. Right? But here's what it is, was, came out to be. The mega mailer. So they had these printed. As I understand it, they had them printed already, and they decided, what are we going to do? Postage is going to be more expensive than for this. What do we do? They decided, guess what, to go ahead and spend the money and mail, mail them out. But sometimes we call it the miracle mailer. Why? Because for some reason, this piece produces almost double what this piece does. Yes? Thank you. Now you're taking away my miracle. Absolutely. So we believe that Maybe the guy knew what he was doing, uh, like you're saying. I don't know. But this is still available. So yes, it'll cost you a little bit more, perhaps, to send this out. But do you know what the average return rate is on these kinds of mailings? I don't know if this is typical for, I'm talking about Bible study or evangelism type mailings. Do you know what the average return is? No. Whoa, you'd blow a pastor away if he had 1%. It's 1 per 1,000, 2 per 1,000, 2 per 1,000. So that's 0.2%, you know. Hey, that's good, isn't it? I mean, if you could start two Bible studies for every 1,000 you mail out, isn't that pretty good? Well, I'm told if you can get up to three, you are excited. You have done very well. I don't know if that, is that anything in line with traditional other kinds of mailings business? Right. And so the rate's higher. Yeah. So let's say three per thousand is the benchmark. We're being generous, right? What do you think this produces on average? Yeah, we would jump up and down at five, and we would pay the extra postage at five, and we'd be thrilled at five. It's producing 10. On average, 8 to 10. And 10 is really the number they're giving me. So I'm saying 8 to 10. I'm not an evangelist, so I don't want to be too... You know, we, we tease about evangelistic counting, right? Imagine that, 8 to 10. So what does that mean to you in your little evangelism group, in your little church, in your little town? That means... If you could afford, if you could find the money to mail out a thousand of these, you might have eight responses. That's why I said one person probably can't follow that up. Two, maybe three. Yes. Okay, we're going to get to that. But my point is eight responses from a thousand of these. Do you think you could afford to mail out a thousand pieces like this? I would hope your church could, at least, if you can't. I mean, eight. Now, suppose you had the wonderful result and got 10, just to round the numbers a little bit. You got 10. What is the typical baptismal rate if you had 10 responses, 10 people who mail in that card? 
I think I told you yesterday, didn't I? Two, two baptisms for that mail-out of a thousand, if you had five and if the statistics worked out, and we know that is just generality, but... Possible. Now, would it be... So how much to mail it? I mean, can we afford this? This is expensive evangelism. Have you ever worked with an evangelism budget to do a meeting? I mean, people talk about serious money when, when they do that. Let's see what it says here. Um, so, a thousand cards mailed, potential replies five. They're being very conservative if you use this card. Potential baptisms one. So, if you could mail out 4,000 cards, you're likely to get 20 replies. Remember, it could be double that. <laughs> and then, of course, your potential baptisms four. It should be in your handout if you got the handout. Um, so, how many do you want to mail? Well, that's determined by you. How many do you think you can follow up? Uh, and, of course, your neighborhood might be exceptionally hard, so you want to mail a few extra so that, you know, thinking your averages will be lower. Well, it's all possible, and that's not a problem. Um, so, here they suggest a team size of four. You might be able to handle 2,000 mailed out because that represents from 10 to 20 responses. So four people with, let's say 20, let's go the max, with 20 responses, you'd each have five people to try to follow up. Now, we're, we're realists, so we all know that not all five of those people are going to go all the way through the program, right? They're not going to do all 25 lessons. And so it's at the beginning that you're going to have the most work. Well, in one way and in another way, not. Because at the beginning, you just leave the lesson, right? You don't go in and sit down and study with them. We're going to talk about all of this today. But at the beginning, you just leave the lesson. And so really, it goes quite quickly. Uh, we recommend that you not stay more than five minutes on that first visit. Just leave them the lesson. Say, we got your request. Here's the, the card you know, that we saw you filled out. We got your request. I represent it as written, and they're working on that copy. We'll give you the text, what you can literally memorize and say. I'm a representative of it as written, because it is written on your piece, remember? So I'm a representative of it as written. They asked me to bring this by for you. I know you'll be blessed by it. Is this a convenient time for me to drop this off again next week? And you're on your way. Next week you come, and they're going to say, hey, you know, I really enjoyed that, or no, forget it, I'm finished. Well, whatever it is, you do your best to, to, to follow up. So my point is, it's going to taper off, but those people who do the lesson, fill out the lesson, after that second or third lesson, they're likely to say, you know, I was reading in there, and there was something I didn't understand. Could you help me with that? Oh, oh, how about that? So now you begin to transition over to a sit-down discussion with them. Again, make it as brief as you can, 45 minutes to an hour, hour max. You must get out in an hour. You want to go while they still want you to stay. You don't want to stay till they want you to go. So you leave uh, as soon as you can. All right, so here we have it. So there's your approximate cost. That's what everybody's been asking. 
So if you went 4,000, 4,000 mailed out, you have 20 responses, you're preparing four baptisms, we're going conservative, remember, and how much does it cost? Now is that evangelism on the cheap or what? I'm not sure, and I'm sorry, I'm really not sure. So now talking about the mailing, you have three options. So you can mail the, the miracle card, the mega card. You can mail the plain old normal card. And of course, these are available from everybody everywhere. And here's another suggestion. This is lesson number one. Can God be trusted? Of course. This is the lesson on Daniel 2. You're all familiar with that. So Daniel 2, we preach because it establishes that God knows the future. So God can be trusted. That's why this is important. It's not about the, the image and all of that. It's about God revealed thousands of years before it happened what would happen so that when it happened, people would say, wait a minute, somebody was speaking when that was recorded in Daniel chapter 2. So you could mail this to people, to your 1,000 or 4,000 interests or, or, or neighbors, and guess what? It has the card right here on the back of it. So you could mail this out, and you sent out 4,000 pieces of literature, not just an offer for literature, but actual literature, and yet you still have the card. Now, I'm not sure the response rate, if that's the question, of this. But I would want to believe it'd be as good as either of the others, somewhere in the middle, somewhere, whatever. But in any case, if you chose this one, and again, it's probably a little bit more expensive, you would have not just made an offer to people, but you've actually given a message, offered a message at least, to that 1,000, 4,000, whatever number you choose of homes. It's your choice. I mean, we have nothing to sell. Now, why does this work so well? The answer is here. Let me see. This one has it. So everyone has a card. And if you notice the other side, it's addressed to it is written. And you say, but I'm not it is written. And that is true. But what they will do, so let's suppose, um, i got to pick on somebody here. I guess I know the Higgs the best. They're at the Owasso Church. Okay? So Dave Higg is an elder there. He's going to call, or somebody is going to call it is written, and say, we want to mail out 4,000 cards, and we're going to talk in a minute about knowing how and where to mail those. We want to mail out 4,000 cards to the Owasso neighborhood, and Dawn, his wife who sits there, is going to be the contact person for it is written. What she does at the church, that's not our business. She's going to be the contact person. So they're going to ask her a few questions. What's your phone number? Particularly, what's your email? <laughs> that's very important. So then, most of us don't know this. Dawn probably does because she's been church treasurer. Every church has a number. Did you know that? You know about the mark of the beast and all that? I'm sorry. Forget that. Every seventh, right, every Seventh-day Adventist church has a number, and they do that for treasury purposes. It all reports under numbers, and we can understand how that works. 
And so we're just simply using that number. None of you are aware of that number. I don't know what my church's number is. You probably don't know yours. But they'll figure that out. So your church's number will be printed on every piece, whatever you order, before it goes out. And we'll take care of the, they'll, our office will take care of the mailing. So you just call up, say, we have $1,600 we don't need, we want to use for evangelism in our neighborhood. And we want 4,000 pieces mailed out. We want to mail to this zip code. And I'm the contact person, Don Heeg. Here's my email. So it is written, we'll organize that, mail out those 4,000 cards. These start coming back. This one here has a code on it. I don't know if you can even see it down there, but most people wouldn't even notice. This one says GC2015. Can anyone interpret that? <laughs> General Conference 2015. See, they're so worried these will come in with no number. They've stamped sample all over them. Um, and nobody would know what to do with them if they weren't coded to a church, right? We could figure that out. Anyway, um, so that's the way that works. So this comes in, and some wonderful secretary at It Is Written says, oh, here's a card that came, and it has GC 2015. I know who to send that to. Don He gets that. She mails it. I'm not sure whether they email it. I'm assuming they email it and then follow it with the postal mail, I think, so that you actually have the card. By the way, on here it says, yes, I would like to receive the free It Is Written Bible Study Guides without cost or obligation. Then it says, you may also request these guides online at iiw.us study the Bible. So they can register online and not even mail in the card. And that's another way. And those will still come back to you. How they follow that, I'm not sure. But those will still come back to you. Additionally, as I said yes, I'm getting to you. Additionally, as I said yesterday, now Don Heeg and the Owasso Church is set up so many zip codes. Any other interests that it is written has had in those zip codes will be sent to her. How about that? that good news? You can ask for past interests, but they will send current ones. That's the way I understand it. So this, this church code is actually, I know a little bit about this. Um, yeah. What they're doing with the church code is they're going to, it is written as creating an app right now so that you can track your interests on an app on your phone. Yep. They'll do that with your interests, Bible study, and so on and so forth. This, this is all evolving as we speak. Yes. 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 I'm sorry, but I'm not sure. I need to check that out. But let's call it an approximation. So what do you need as far as money now? What do you need in addition to what's on that board? Something to buy a few of the lessons. So... You have 4,000 going out, let's say. You have 20 potential interests. So if I were in your place, I'd order 30, lesson one to five. In fact, I think that's in a slide here. Let's see. So let's talk for a minute about the mailing location. You go to usps.com. I have a handout, or is that in what I gave to you? Um, it tells you how to do it. Go to the business tab. You go to the every door direct mail. And it'll tell you exactly how many people, how many addresses there are in that zip code you're looking for. And then you can 
uh, uh, narrow that down even further by looking at the like delivery routes in that zip code. So you can choose the specific delivery routes. So you can get pretty specific. My understanding is that somebody, I don't know where this happens, but they can actually track so that, so let's suppose you did the 4,000. You cho chose certain regions or zip code sections to mail to. If you choose then in three months to mail another two or 3,000, you can just go from there onward, if you know what I mean, in the, in the, in the region you mail to. So it works pretty simply. And any questions, in there you have an 888 number, if I remember correctly. Call that number. Those ladies are there. Cheryl is there to help you. It is written, is not here about money. We're here to help you. So don't hesitate to call with any question. She's there to get you through this process. So here's the number. Um, have the information ready. The name of that contact person, our illustration was Don Heeg. We need the name of the church, of course, that the person's involved with, the size of the mailing, of course, a bank guarantee that you have the money to pay the bill, right? No. The zip code and carrier routes you've selected. So that's specific. So you, you, if you can, look it up in advance. But otherwise, Cheryl will walk you through the process and make it work. So they're suggesting you have your little group. You've kind of decided you want to do something like this. They're suggesting that you call and ask for what they're calling a video orientation. Um, we have specific people in the office, of course, that are assigned to this. That's not me, by the way. And they will meet with you by video if you would like. You know, your little group could meet, be, be together. And if you have a way to do video chat or hangouts or whatever it is, they could join you by video and answer any questions and help you along in the process. Absolutely free, of course. No discussion of money. Um, you can feel free, of course, to email or call with questions. We're here to help you. We are your partner. So there's no issue with that. Any questions on that little section? Now we want to turn and talk about how to find Bible school interests. This is a fun one. If I can figure out how to do this. Can you say one more than Her name is Cheryl, but you can just call and ask and they'll direct you. All right, here we go. He said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the Laborers are few, but if laborers are willing, God will use them, right? So that's why we're here today. We're the willing. So God is willing, and he wants to use us. The same divine mind that is working upon the things of nature is speaking to the hearts of men and creating an inexpressible craving for something they have not. It's easy for us to focus on the rejections, the people who are not interested. And of course, there are more of those than there are of these. But there are people. Another uh, literature evangelist quote we used to use is, people are looking wistfully towards heaven, seeking for light and truth. There are people like that. There are people like that. And that's what this is all about. 
People who will see this peace, the Holy Spirit will say, mail it in, and they'll do it. And we could tell you stories and stories and stories of how this has happened already. It's a God thing. So you pray before you do all of this, of course. It's bathed in prayer. But there are people out there that the Holy Spirit is working and creating an inexpressible, imagine that, an inexpressible craving for something they have not. The things of the world cannot satisfy their longing. They've tried everything. Things of the world cannot satisfy their longing. So how do we find these students? Those, how do we find those with an inexpressible craving for something they have not? Of course, it all starts with prayer. We talked about it yesterday. The power of the Holy Spirit needs to be moving us because it's the same spirit that inspired the Bible that works in our hearts that's working in the hearts of those students, we'll call them, right? Same Holy Spirit. So it's God uh, doing his, I don't want to call it magic, but his wonders in bringing all of that together. Prayer prepares the territory, but prayer also prepares us to do something for God. There are many who long to help others, but they feel they have no spiritual strength or light to impart. Let them present their petitions to the throne of grace. If we don't feel like we're prepared, if we don't feel like we have something to say, what should we do? Pray. Say, God, help me. All we're trying to do, my friends, all we're trying to do is take Jesus to someone. It's not about teaching them about the Sabbath and the state of the dead. But they need to know those things, don't they? Brings a lot of joy and a lot of peace and a lot of satisfaction. But that's not really what it's about. It's really about them getting to know Jesus and the God that you and I have come to know, a God of love and compassion, a God who's preparing a place where we can go and live for eternity, a, a, a life of hope, not hopelessness. That's what it's about. If that's what we're carrying to people, not necessarily some, um, how do I want to say this, truth that we're going to argue about. We're not going to argue, right? We're going to talk about that tomorrow, probably. We're not going to argue with people. But, and I often say to people, it's wonderful to do what we do in sharing God with people because truth stands on its own legs, right? We're sitting in a classroom. And you and I could sit here and say whatever we want to say about the law of gravity, that it isn't true, right? <laughs> But if you slip off that chair, all of us here know what's going to happen to you, no matter what you say about the law of gravity, right? So we can sit here and argue about the law of gravity. Do we believe it or do we not? Does it really matter? I mean, in the sense of the reality, it doesn't matter because it's still one of those laws that God made and established. The Sabbath. People can argue about the Sabbath. People can give up the Sabbath. People can accept the Sabbath. Does that change it? It's still the day that God made and set aside and made special and whatever. The only question is, what am I going to do about it? As God speaks to me about his truth, what am I going to do about it? 
Because it's true whether I do anything about it or not. So when you go in and you present something to people and you show them how Jesus did this, Jesus instructed us to do this, Jesus loves us, Jesus is our pattern. Now, friend, what do you want to do? You don't want to do it? I'll be praying for you. We're friends. We love you. We'd still like to have you. And little by little, the Holy Spirit may work with them and change them. So if we don't have something to give, get down on our knees and say, God, help me to understand who you are so that I can share you in a meaningful way with those that you're going to lead me to. That's what this is all about. So pray for the Holy Spirit. Plead for the Holy Spirit. God stands back of every promise he has made. We're not going out on our own. I teased about the dogs a while ago, and we've got an old-time, full-time, regular-time, all-time literature evangelist right there in the middle on the back row. And he could tell you dog stories, you know, where the dogs just lay there. And I've had those experiences, and maybe some of you have. You get in and you talk to the people, or you're at the door and you talk to the people, and they'll say, how did you get here? I walked here. What do you mean? How did I get here? Well, I have a dog out there. You're not supposed to be here. Really? I saw the dog, but I didn't know he was any problem. How does that happen? Will God do that for you? Now, be careful of the dogs. I'm not sending anyone to the dogs, right? So be careful of the dogs. But my point is, if we trust God, he'll have the gate unlocked for you. He'll find, you know, he'll open a way that you'll be able to meet these people so that you can pray with them, you can share God's love with them. God stands back of every promise he has made. We used to sing that song, Every Promise in the Book is True. Don't sing it anymore, probably, but we should. Every promise in the book is true. Whoops, we missed one. With your Bible in your hands. So yes, we need the Bible. With your Bible in your hands, say, I have done as, let's change it to, you have said, I present your promise. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. You need courage? Claim the promise. Claim the promise. No one will hurt you. The worst thing they could do to you is what? Ask you to leave. It's not legal in this country. Most people, most, 99.99999, most people, most people, the worst thing they could do is say, I'm not interested. Please leave me alone. Right? Now, does that tear you apart? Is that going to ruin your religion for the week? Is that going to depress you? I hope not. It shouldn't. People have right. Exactly. Exactly. What did Jesus say? Shake the dust off your feet. Go to the next house or the next place. Pray for them. Some way, maybe God will open another door. Uncle <laughs> could probably tell you the old literature evangelist story where the literature evangelist came to the front door and People were really rude. Uncle Russ, by the way, is that man in the middle in the back. He's a little bit over 80. He's a literature evangelist everywhere, every way. That's all he knows. He loves the Lord. He's a great man. 
My uncle, by the way. Um, I don't know what else good I could say about him. Anyway, the story is the man, yes. I, I just thought of it. Can you work to use that contact and say, no, no, thank you, I don't want it. You could just ask them, well, I understand you don't want it. Would you know of anybody that would be interested in it? And maybe they, maybe they know somebody. Well, the other thing you can have you with. Use them as a reference. The other thing you can have with. With this, you can have it where you, you come to the door and you meet, let's say, the husband, and it was the wife who mailed it in. So, I mean, that can happen. And he says, I'm not interested. So then you have to work around that and say, Dottie must have had something in mind when she mailed that in. When would be a time I could come and meet with Dottie? You know, so you have to work around that. So that can happen too, but that's a great idea. Yeah, the old literature evangelist story is the man, the literature evangelist knocked on the front door, and it was in the old days. And um, the lady was just in the process of emptying the chamber pot. Do you know what that means? Oh, yeah. And it wasn't very pleasant for him. So he kind of cleaned himself off as best he could. He went to the back door and knocked on the back door. And when she came to the door, he said, I hope you're not as thoughtless as the lady I met at the front door. <laughs> Persistence. God, God works. God works. So anyway, God's promise. His promise is with you. God is with you. You've prayed about this. You've asked for the Holy Spirit. You have a name in your hand. This person... Somehow, the Holy Spirit that's leading you somehow impressed that person to mail in that card. It wasn't by accident that that card came in, unless somebody else sent it in for them. Could happen. So you pray and you go and you believe that God will fulfill his promise. So, how do you find Bible study interest? We've talked about the mailing. It's a simple way, relatively inexpensive. Well, here's one even less expensive. You may have family members that you could just say, hey, I found these neat new Bible lessons. Would you be interested in looking at them? That's not too painful either, really. It doesn't really hurt too much. Uh, how about friends or work associates or neighbors? You know, I mean, there are a lot of people that we have some relationship with, some interaction with. And we could say something like I just said. Hey, I found these new Bible study guides. A lot of people have really been enjoying them and finding them helpful. Would you be interested? They're free. Did you write that down? Relationships. Who might you find or know or think of that you already know that have just never been asked? There are people attending Seventh-day Adventist churches who have not been baptized because they were never asked. Can you believe that? Heartbreaking. If you're out selling, they say you'll never make a sale without asking. Does it hurt to ask a simple question? Would you be interested? 
I have a car for sale. Would you be interested? Well, what are you going to say? No, or maybe yes. Does that hurt me either way? No, not in the least. Yesterday we talked about how timid we are, right? As we pray, as we seek for the Holy Spirit, as we claim God's promises, he gives us that little bit of courage to ask those simple questions. Okay, look at this. This is a study done by Julia Dwin, who was quitting the church in 2009. How do people come to your church? 1%, 1%, 1% walk in. Is that very many? Not very significant. 1% come for special needs. Some they have children, they need to get somewhere, whatever. 1% from visitation, 1% from Sabbath school, 8% from programs. Now, that's a little bit interesting. 10% from those evangelistic meetings we talked about, the once a year we do this thing, this event. 20% from pastoral contact and hard work. Look at where most of them come from. Friends and relatives. If we could just get, I said it yesterday, I think, if we could just get our past church members back. Now I remember the story. The man I visited, and he said no one had ever visited him. I remembered later, I never told you the rest of the story, and I'm so sorry, so I'll tell it now. The man was 35, I don't know how old he was. Young man, still young. Um, he started coming back to church. I don't know if it was because of those visits or what. He started coming back to church. I told you he was a single man, right? Started coming back to church. Guess what? God led him to a young lady Bible worker. And they got married. And they've had children. And they're part of the church. And they're still an excited, happy Seventh-day Adventist family. Awesome. Because of somebody making a visit. Somebody saying we care. Somebody saying we've noticed you aren't here. And I could tell you hundreds of stories I've heard on the other side where people stopped coming and nobody ever seemed to notice. I spent some time in Denver on my way here with a lady. She was attending a Baptist church, so we'll put it over there, right? That's more comfortable, the Baptist church. Big Baptist church. She loves music, so she got involved with the Baptist uh, choir, the choir in her big church, and loved it but then had some health challenges or something and stopped. It was unable to attend for a bit, and then, of course, that led to stopping attending. And she said nobody ever, ever, from the choir or other, ever, ever called or contacted her. Could that happen in an Adventist church? In any church. In any church. I actually did that. I stopped coming for a year. Not one person came Anything. That's because you're the one that's supposed to be going and visiting all those people, Joel. Well, yes, I am. I do. <laughs> but, but I hear I, you. There's a testimony. I came back and because of my relationship with the Lord, death, without it, without that fellowship, uh, worshiping the Lord, you're, you're, you're going to die spiritually. And I came back. But uh, I've got other stories on what I became in that Yes, go right ahead. Three, I remember. 
here on there, but uh, listening to the song on the radio, finding two years again, that's a, that's a wonderful tool that people get listening and hear the word. Uh, that can bring them to that. I guess I walked in, I guess I was the one You were the one percent. I had heard the word on the radio first. Praise the Lord. So, you are that small minority. Yeah, we're thankful to have this brother with us. He's brand new. He's the miracle of God's grace, power of the Holy Spirit, everything. But he's here with us, and we're thanking the Lord. And he came in from radio, through Strong, Strong Tower Radio. It is written, Voice of Prophecy, Quiet Hour, all those messages. And uh, he's here with us today. Media does work. But that's why the real thing, though, is if somehow... But if somehow it is written, could have gotten the brother's name from that radio program and then given that name to one of you and you'd have gone and seen him a year ago, he might have been here a year sooner. See, that's what we're talking about. We're trying to ripen the fruit as quickly as possible. And so there's two sides. We don't want to just sit back and wait for God to do it. I mean, the media ministries, we're doing, as far as media, what we can do, but we can't do the hands-on, the footwork, the legwork, that needs to be done. All right, here we go. So Operation Andrew card. This is just an idea, and somehow they didn't get that in these copies for me. At least I don't see it. Yes? We use those in our unlocked revelation. Okay, so, so you're aware of it. Okay, it's where you just choose a number of people, and you say, these are the people I'm going to pray for. Maybe relatives, friends, family, neighbors, whatever they are, work associates, but you just write down, literally write down, Carry it in your Bible often is what's recommended, and then you pray frequently and often for those people. This is a way to uh, find some interest. Many have gone down to ruin who might have been saved if their neighbors, common men and women, had put forth personal effort for them. Do you notice your neighbors? Do you notice your neighbors? Spend time with them. Talk to them. You shut off the lawnmower if it takes that. Talk to them. Take a minute when, when they're available. Build relationship with them. Go over and fix their gutter or, you know what I mean, if you can do some little thing for them, do it and build that relationship. Pretty soon they'll say, man, you're such a nice gal. Why is that? What do you, you know, not everybody's this way, but you're, I don't hear you shout at your kids. You know, you seem to be a very nice family. Why? What, what makes you tick? And then you're able to share with them. Many are waiting. They're what? They're waiting, like the brother. Just waiting to be personally addressed in the very family, the neighborhood, the town where we live. There is work for us to do as missionaries for Christ. There's work in China and Africa and Mongolia and all those places. But there's work in your town for you to be a missionary. Have we gotten you motivated yet? We're going to have lots of fun, aren't we? It's work for God. Go to your neighbors one by one and come close to them till their hearts are warmed by your unselfish interest and love. Sympathize with them and pray with them. Do your neighbors have problems like you do? I remember when I was at St. John's, Dave, um, one of our young ladies was kind of struggling. And she said to me, you know the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian? I said, no, tell me. She said, the Christian, when they have problems, 
they have God and, of course, a network to, to go to. But she said the non-Christian, they're just on their own. they got to figure it out. They have the same problems, but there's no support system. There's no God to turn to, and there's no friends to turn Well, I mean, friends may be kind of similar. Sympathize with them, pray with them, and do it until what? Until their hearts are warmed by your unselfish interest. Not going to happen with one loaf of bread. It's a good start. But keep doing it. Keep doing it till their hearts are warm. I don't know. I'll tell you the story. We moved to Florida, some of you know, not too long ago. We, we moved into a neighborhood, and we knew it, so it was no surprise. We're missionaries. We've lived in New York. We've lived in Madagascar. We've lived kind of around the world. So we moved into a neighborhood of people of color, and we knew it in advance. So we moved in, and the neighbor next door, she right away comes and says, we want to know what kind of people you are. And we said, well, we hope we're nice people. And uh, we got acquainted a little bit. Then we've met other neighbors, two, three down the street. So two of the neighbors happened to be together one day, and I was, I don't know, walking the baby or what, but I talked to them. And the one lady, she said, so you're Seventh-day Adventist. Well, there's a Seventh-day Adventist church for people of color just down the road, about two miles. We go a little bit further to a very culturally diverse church. So yes, yes. And the one lady, she says, I've been to your church, the one just down the road. Yeah, and I've been there too. Very nice church, yeah. The other lady, she said, you know, we're losing our pastor, and I just may have to come to your church. And I said, well, you're sure welcome. And the other lady said, you know, I've been thinking about that too. You're such nice people, and so on. I didn't say anything, and we just moved into the neighborhood. Is the Holy Spirit working? The Holy Spirit is working. Talk to your neighbors. Get to know them. You never know what God may be doing. Come close to them till their hearts are warmed by your unselfish interest. Whatever you can do for them. You don't have much probably to give them, and that's not the point. Warm their hearts because you're warm people. You're wonderful people. Watch for opportunities to do them good. Think about that. Watch for opportunities to do them good. They need their car washed? Hey, maybe. You know, what can you do? Opportunity to do them good. And as you can, then gather a few together and open the word of God to their darkened minds. Keep watching as he who must render an account for the souls of men and make the most of the privileges that God gives you of laboring with him in his moral vineyard. Does God have a work for you to do? Is it necessarily in Africa or China or Mongolia? Right near home. I go there when you can. Sure, go. But don't neglect your neighborhood. Okay, so now how do we transition from friend to Bible study? How about this for an idea? Say, I'm trying to learn how to study the Bible with people. Would you mind if I practiced with you? Clever idea. I'm trying to learn how to study the Bible. Are you trying to learn? Of course. doesn't matter how many you've done or how you've done it. You're trying to learn how to give Bible studies. 
Um, or here's one. I found a passage in the Bible that has been a blessing to me. Could I share it with you? Simple as that. I found a passage in the Bible that has been a blessing and encouragement to me. Would you mind if I shared that with you? They can say no, and fine. That's all right. Or, of course, you can share a book with them, even a glow tract, even a every word card, you know, lots of little things you can share. You can share a DVD. That's another option, and that works very well, we all know. So there are lots of ways that you can transition somebody you have acquaintance with, one way or another, to uh, a more interest. How about your church and event lists? We used to have some sort of a, uh, uh, a guest book, we used to call it. Well, most of those have kind of fallen in the, in the, under the desk somewhere. We actually got one, but it don't get used. It doesn't get used. It's out there in the pulpit, right outside by the door. Sometimes you have to invite people. If somebody does come, you have to invite them to sign the book yeah. and put down their information so that somebody can contact them. I wrote my name in there, and then, then there was events that were happening, and, and I put my number in there, and then, yeah, the network started. That's how people are getting to come back. You have to be sometimes some churches, some churches, and this is a reason to get those, They'll you can just say to the people, we like to send a little thank you to folks who have visited. And so if you wouldn't mind, we'd like, and the people can say no, and that's fine. Um, but we would like to, and I've had that personally. I mean, I travel and visit a lot of churches, and I've actually gotten a note from a church saying, we're so glad to have you with us, Sabbath, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it, it meant a lot. See? Absolutely. Let's see. It should be in your handout as well. All right. Um, the weekly worship service we just talked about. All of your events, cooking classes, health expos, uh, all of those things, those are lists. And like the brother said, uh, they're in the process right now of developing an integrated interest list service, if you please, that your church could use. It is written would use, for example, and probably the other media ministries so that you would have access for your church's zip codes to all of the interests that are responding to amazing facts, voice of prophecy, it is written, and then of course you enter your own, those who come to the cooking school or the health event or the whatever. And, uh, and then of course we've done the mailing of the invitation, we've talked about that. All right, uh, this is the ones, people who watch it is written, here's the lady's name to get those lists. I said Cheryl a while ago, that's for the materials, the order. Melissa would handle specifically the interest uh, list uh, for you. But like I say, you call, you ask for what you need, and they'll, they'll direct you. It's not a problem. Yes? On the, you know, you're talking about the church, or like the guest book and that. I don't know how many of our churches did it, there's a program called the Disciples Cloud. So there might be somebody contacting our churches that you talk to that don't have, you know, like everybody that signed up for that would be on the cloud or different events would be on the cloud they could generate a list of people that you can contact. Okay. 
That's what we're talking about. No. By the way, I passed around a sheet of paper for you to put your name, phone number, whatever down. Does anybody have that? Got into the back. Anybody not get that who might want to? We could kind of, there's one here, and then kind of work it back across if you wouldn't mind. Thank you. Um, how about just putting a little ad in the newspaper? A little classified ad. Interested in Bible study? Check out this web address, phone number, church address, whatever, whatever. Might cost you a couple bucks, but I mean, you know, really, compared to things, it's not terrible. Um, Facebook, of course, those of you that are on Facebook, that might be a way to, to talk about it. Uh, laundromats, grocery stores, you know, you can leave the lesson again, um, the lesson. You can, uh, you can buy at um, Office Depot, whatever, these little uh, acrylic boxes. Stand these in it. It says free take one. It's another way. It has the card, of course. People choose to respond. Um, TV, radio, we mentioned that. Um, how about a stall at a flea market? We talked about the fair yesterday. So here's another idea. Now, surveys. That's what we have here, surveys. Let's see if I can find the right one. Now, maybe I'll just pass these out. You guys can... You're going to get confused, so pass them around. Okay, let's start with this one. Who has the neighborhood survey? Does everybody have this? It says, uh, it is written neighborhood survey. Like four up. Everybody, anybody missing that? Missing that? Okay, let's look at this for a moment, then we'll go step by step. We'll make sure everybody gets all of them. Um, so here's just a, a little survey you can take to your neighbors and just say, you're saying to them, you know, if we were able to offer some community programs, what would you be interested in? Would you be interested in under family? Are you interested in like in a marriage enrichment seminar or a communication seminar, parenting skills and so on? And, uh, or if it was on health, you know, would you be interested if we did, were able to do some sort of a health program? Would you be interested in in more of a, of a cooking school, an exercise class, or a, a smoking cessation program, what would interest you the most? And so that's what this is about. It's a way, another way, to find interest. Um, and then, of course, the third section is the Bible study. Would you be interested in a small group type study? Would you prefer an individual Bible study in your own home? Or would you rather something by mail? Now, by the way, you can mail the lessons couldn't you? I mean, nothing against mailing them, but the idea is you can mail them locally and hopefully you can bridge even from mailing over to that personal visit. So don't be afraid of mailing a lesson. There's nothing wrong with mailing a lesson. It isn't, it isn't a bad method. It's just that if we can build a relationship, it's a more, uh, a more rapid method, normally speaking. So that's, that's something that's available. You can copy it, use it however you wish, okay? Everybody has one, I assume. All right, then let's look at the next one. Um, I think I'm missing one, actually. The one I have next is this one. It's got uh, seven questions. It's double up with seven questions. Does everybody have that one? Okay, seven questions. First question is, does someone you know suffer from diabetes, cancer, or heart disease? Everybody have that? Yeah. Are there extra anywhere? We have one person at least who doesn't. Yes, please. All right. 
Thank you. Okay. These are ones you don't need. Okay. So seven questions you don't have. Everyone else has them that wants them or needs them? Okay, it's just another survey. It's not, we're not saying any one of these is better or worse than another. Whatever you're comfortable with, you use. Um, but it's just another way. Does anyone suffer from diabetes, cancer, heart disease? Yes, no, in your family. Uh, if yes, would you be interested in attending a health seminar to help with that problem? Yes, no. Uh, would a free or low-cost healthy cooking class interest you? You know, people will respond often to a survey. Nobody goes door-to-door -door anymore, right? Nobody goes door-to-door -door anymore. I mean, even the salespeople, they don't. When is the last time you had somebody come to your house? Yes. And that's why you're doing this. It, it, it diffuses that. Okay? In an unpredictable economy, do you feel a free seminar on personal finance would be a, a benefit in our community? You know? Um, with a rise in war, natural disaster, crime and suffering, have you noticed people turning to the Bible? Good question. Have you considered turning to the Bible yourself? Interesting question. Would you be interested in receiving free Bible study guides? And you know what? About one in three people that you interview with that little questionnaire will say yes to question seven. So do we take back those questions that you should come around not running the work? How do we do that? She's asking, would you have the courage to take those seven questions and knock on someone's door and ask them? That's what it's about. I mean, this is a method. We're talking about how to find Bible study interest. If you're totally afraid, you have money, I mean, this works. This works. It'll get you names. It'll get you contact people. If you don't have money, and you have energy, and a big smile, I'm telling you, this works, too. It will work. What do you want to do? It's up to you, your little group. How many people that live within a block of your church, you know, just take a block all the way around, have never been taught with Seventh-day Adventists? Story, story, stories. I can't go there. Okay, does everybody have this one? Hello, my name is. Hello, my name is. Everybody has it? Okay, we're good. Again, like I say, feel free to copy these. Hello, my name is. So this one is very similar. Uh, my name is, you give your name, and this is my friend. You're working with your partner. Uh, we wish we are with the It Is Written Media Ministry, and if you get involved, they will actually issue you some sort of a card. I'll bring mine tomorrow. I'll bring one tomorrow that you can see. A uh, lanyard that you can wear that actually has It Is Written on it. I believe they still provide those. And then a little card where it'll have your name, and it is written, if you wish. So you can wear that as you come to the door. So they know you're not a troublemaker. Although you're, you're not going to look like it, right? You don't look like a troublemaker. You're not going to dress like a troublemaker when you're going, right? You're promising me. Yeah. Especially this guy here. I mean, he looks kind of, kind of, kind of big. But he's going he's gonna to dress nice when he goes. And people will say, hey, I like that man. 
So every day we hear of child abuse, crime, violence, terrorism. Why do you think these things are happening in the world? I'm with it as written. We're doing this community survey. Why do you think this world is going the way it's going today? It doesn't matter what they say. You just jot something down, right? I mean, you're listening. You want to hear what they say, but you're not really concerned about what they say. Do you think that the lack of spirituality is contributing to this rising crime? Number three, do you think the final events of earth foretold in the book of Revelation, in the Bible, are, the, are beginning to take place? What are you talking about? <laughs> book of Revelation. You know, whatever the reaction is. If you had the opportunity, would you like to better understand the Bible? How about that? Four questions. Four questions. Oh, I'm sorry. So then you jot down their address and you're on your way. All right, the fourth one is the good afternoon. Uh, it is written viewer script and survey. Now this one is a little different and you do want this one. By the way, they can email you any of this stuff I've given to you. If you want it digitally and so on, they can send that to you. Yep, it, it is written viewer script and survey. There we go. May even be two. So again, it's very simple. You're wearing your It Is Written badge. You represent It Is Written. And don't be intimidated by that. You're the local representative of It Is Written, right? You're an Adventist, aren't you? You're part of this church. I'm part of this church. It Is Written's part of this church. We're one team. It's not It Is Written over there and you here. We're one team. We're one family. We're all going to the same place, and none of us are going to get there before the other. Is that true? It's true. So, I'm Olin Thomas. This is my friend Mary. We're here to speak uh, with, so you have a name. This is where it is written, provides you with a name. Someone listened to the program. Someone asked for Bible study guide number 17, and because that went with that topic. And so now you have their name and you know what they got from it is written, what subject interested them. So you, you know that. So I'm here to speak with Mary, who, re who was the one who requested that information. We represent it is written uh, media ministry. We appreciate the fact that you've been viewing this program probably for a long time. Most people have. If they've ever asked for anything, they've watched for a long time, almost surely. In any case, it's a good thing to say. And John Bradshaw, speaker of It Is Written, has asked us to contact viewers in the, in the area here to ask their suggestions about the program. And please, if you get some good suggestions, pass them on. He's very interested in those. So this is not just talk. Um, may I take two minutes of your time to ask a few brief survey questions? This will help make the program even better. How often do you watch the program? Now, you know they watch it because they asked for, the, for something from us. So you know they watch it. How often do you watch the program? How often do you see the program? Well, I don't see it very often. I was traveling. I was in a motel and happened to flip it on and I saw it and liked what that offer was and thought I'd get it. Thought maybe he'd send me some money or something. And a little disappointed I didn't get money. I just got a book. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 that's true. So I should say watch or, or hear. Is this by us going on the website? Uh, 
So a representative of your church would work with Melissa to get the names for your church. And then you, your little evangelism team, decides who goes to which name. Yeah, yeah. So then which program or topics have interested you the most? Uh, if you could suggest a topic, what would it be? Pastor Bradshaw has been offering new Bible study lessons. Have you heard about these? There you go. So thank you so much for your answers. Before I go, Pastor Bradshaw has asked me to leave with you lesson number one. Here it is, right here. Could you do that? And please, honestly, he, he, he's interested in suggestions. So, I mean, this is not, not make-believe. This is the real world. Ways to get Bible study interest. You think any of those would work for you? So, use them. Copy them. Share them. Whatever. Yes? My nephew heard me about exactly what a door to door. Personal. Personal, especially the fact that people are feeling so... Mm -hmm. well, somebody could make a survey that would kind of taper on the on the election side. And we don't want to be political, please, please. It is written as not political, so don't put our name with politics. But it could be done in such a way that it would, like this, we were talking about the the moral ills in our society, and you know, uh, yeah, good, okay. Our time is up. Any other questions? I'll be here after. I'll be at the booth much of the afternoon. Any questions, uh, feel free. God bless you. God bless you richly. See you tomorrow. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.